Hey there, welcome to Not Your Ordinary Girl, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hey there. So today we're going to be talking about career planning. And I really want to focus in on five-year plans, five-year plans for your career and your development and growth. But before we can really jump into effectively developing a plan, we have to talk about accountability. If you do not hold yourself accountable for your actions, your growth, your activities, your dedication, your balance between work and life, Uh, your health, your family, your education, your growth, all of those things, if you do not hold yourself accountable, who is going to do that? As grown-ups, it's our responsibility to hold ourselves accountable. It's very interesting because as we get older, we kind of know what areas we strive for. We know what areas we do very well in, what areas we're a little bit deficient in, what areas could use some growth or development. And it becomes very easy as professional adults to push things down the road, avoid them altogether, or explain them away to ourselves even. I'm not even necessarily talking about going into your boss and saying, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z this year, and then the following year you have to come up with explanations. Some of my jobs have required that you had some kind of a five-year plan or a three-year plan. I think that when I was junior in my career, this seemed ridiculous to me. Absolutely ridiculous. How do I know what I'm going to be doing in five years? I barely know what I'm going to be doing in a month because the projects change, the the teams change, the work changes. So it's very difficult for me to say what I'll be doing in five years. Unfortunately, I did not have a supervisor or a mentor or a coach or someone to help me really develop what that plan was supposed to look like and have a better understanding of the purpose of the five-year plan, okay? Because the purpose of that plan is not so that you know if you're going to be working on whatever project it is in three months or six months or 12 months. It's not meant for you to say, I'm going to be VP of this company in two years because there are a lot of factors that go into the process of your career and many of them are unpredictable and you need to be able to flex and build and maneuver and roll with the punches to make sure that you are continuing to move forward. It takes a lot of flexibility to really advance in your career, um, not necessarily at a rapid pace, but at any pace, right? Because things are constantly changing. Technology is evolving. Teams are changing. World politics is evolving, educational standards, there's just so many things in flux that have to be taken into account. So when I'm talking about accountability, I'm talking about setting a roadmap for yourself for a period of time and then holding yourself accountable to the goals and milestones that you set for yourself. And if you hold yourself accountable to them, you will continue to move forward. It may not be at the pace you thought when you set those goals. It may not be in the exact same manner that you envisioned, but you will continue to progress and grow and learn and 
become a stronger and more effective professional if you do hold yourself accountable. If you do not hold yourself accountable and do not hold yourself to a high level of standard and making sure that you continue to do what you're telling yourself you're going to do, you're basically setting yourself up for failure or at least a very slow progression. Things may happen. I, you know, I do again with all of the flexibility and things in flux, things may just fall into your lap. And if that's the case, if that's how your career is going, then my props to you because you've gotten very lucky. And that's not necessarily the case for everybody. It's kind of like kids in school. Some kids really have to work for good grades. Other kids, it just comes very easy. Same with sports. You're a natural athlete. You're not a natural athlete. Sometimes you're just at the right place at the right time. But you can significantly increase your ability to be successful when you take control of your career and hold yourself accountable to the goals and objectives that you set for yourself. And only you can decide what is reasonable, what is a stretch, what is really pretty easy and low-hanging fruit that you can check the box, and the right balance for you of pulling all of those things together to make sure that you continue to move forward in your career. So when I talk about building out a five-year plan, I'm not just talking about I want a promotion or I want to have a team of 10 people or my dream job is to be an airline pilot. I'm not talking about things that are that specific. Let me explain. I see your career being affected by many external factors. Getting up every morning and going to the office is the easiest part of your job. And, and I really think that this applies to most people. Whether you have a family, you have a dog, you have no pets, you have a dying houseplant, you live alone, whatever your situation the, the getting up and going to work most of the times is the easiest part of your day. There are so many other factors that feed into your success besides just showing up at the office. You've got your health and well-being, mentally, physically, emotionally. You've got balance with your family, be it your immediate family where you have children and a spouse and, and that family or your, your parents, your siblings, that type of extended family, whatever it is, those all come into play because we're talking about vacation and planning time to see them and holidays and balancing your workload around days off and weekends. You have your education, which should always be continuing because again, in business, in professional world, in industry, in politics, all of this is constantly evolving and staying current and up to date on whatever it is in your lane, in your industry that's important to your success is vital. Personal growth and balance and making sure that you are continuing to move forward in the areas that you want to is also very critical to your happiness. If you are not taking time to make sure that you're feeling stimulated or challenged or interested in the work that you're doing, it's going to get old, it's going to get stale, and other things are going to start suffering because of it. So in sitting down to develop your five-year plan, this is how I would suggest you go about it. And you can flex and change and adjust based on what industry you're in and, and what your, your goals and objectives are. But as a baseline kind of as a template, what I would suggest is this. Create five columns on a piece of paper. 
You've got your health, you've got your family, you've got your education, and then you've got your your growth and your career goals. Write down 10 things that you would like to do in each of those areas. You may not come up with 10 in all of them, but shoot for 10 and they can be anything. Walk on the moon, whatever your dreams are, put those down in the 10, in the five columns, 10 things in each. So you will have 50 things on your piece of paper and give this some thought, set aside an hour or two one evening, pour yourself a glass of wine, put on some music, however it is you relax, find a quiet place, grab a notebook, make your columns, sit down and really give this some thought and contemplation. And I'm not saying that it has to be your exact goals that you plan to make. You can put on there partner by 50 or um, astronaut by 40 or whatever it is that your dreams are. Like I said, it can be as crazy and outlandish as you want, but make sure that you're also putting in some things that are really within the realm of possibility. Uh, perhaps you want to, I'm going to say you're, you're a project manager with a, a consulting firm and you really want to develop your skills so that you can lead uh, a certain team or you can get two or three teams or you'd like to advance to a program manager or, or you'd like to become more technical, whatever it is. Write those things down in the column. If it's, you know, when we're talking about health, maybe it's you want to lose 10 pounds. Maybe you want to gain 10 pounds. Maybe you want to become a 5K runner and you need to start training. Perhaps you just want to go for a walk every day. Um, Perhaps you struggle with some kind of uh, physical disability and it's just a matter of trying to strengthen some muscles, whatever it may be. Write down what your goal is. Family, spend more time, spend less time, balance, education and growth. What are some of the areas related to your career, to your career lane, your industry, or even just something you want to do for fun? It can be a mixture of those. Perhaps you want to learn another language. Perhaps you want to learn some kind of a a hobby type thing, basket weaving, whatever it may be. Perhaps you want to get your your certification in something that you're working with at your current job that will help position you for advancement. Perhaps you take some kind of um, certifications every year that you have to be maintained to continue to do your job, those kinds of things. Put them all down. Finances. Take a look at all of the different things that you want with respect to your finances. Do you want to earn a certain number for your salary in, in, in a period of time? Do you want to save for retirement? Do you want to be more uh, proactive and aggressive with your 401k? Do you want to save for your children's college? Do you need to buy braces for, for some little kids? I, you know, whatever it is that you need to be thinking about for financial success in your description. Write down some goals. The one thing I would encourage you to make sure you do as you're writing this list is write big goals and little goals. They don't all have to be pie in the sky and they don't all have to be things that you can check off in a week. Clean my closet more regularly. That's kind of easy to do, but those are kinds of things that you can put down. But at the same time, you need to make sure that they're the list, and that's why I said write 10. You need to make sure that the list is broad and a mixture of all different levels of achievement. Once you have that list down, and if you go over 10, if you have 20 in each list, more power to you. 
okay? Once you finish the list, take a look at them. Grab yourself a highlighter or colored marker, colored pencil, crayon, whatever you have, and go through them. And if there's anything that is really outside the realm of reality, mark that off, okay? Because the last thing you want to be doing is setting yourself up for failure. And because we're going to be bringing this back up to the accountability, you want to make sure that whatever it is you're building into your plan, you are willing and able to hold yourself accountable for. You certainly want to have a good mix of some stretch goals. Like I said, everything shouldn't be easy. The idea here is growth professionally, personally, all across the board. But again, if you're going to put down there that you're going to be an astronaut in two years and you're working at McDonald's right now, that's probably not something that is attainable. I'm not saying it's not. Stranger things have happened. Who knows what you've got going on? But don't set yourself up for your first year so that you can not mark anything off as accomplished. And on the flip side, don't make them all easy right? I mean, this is supposed to be your career growth, your development. This is supposed to be you helping to position yourself for advancement. So now as you take a look at that long list of of topic areas that you have in each of your columns, start to organize them by long-term and short-term. So maybe however you like to do it, if you're you're a paper and pencil person, make another, another piece of paper and divide your two columns for each of them into short and long. Uh, if you want to do it on a spreadsheet on the computer, whatever makes you happy. But go through and, you know, you can highlight different colors, whatever. Try and come up with your short-term and your long-term. And for the purpose of this, let's say five years, okay? So in each of your columns, you'll have a few things that you should be working towards this year and a few things that next year and the next year and the next year. And this will build because if you do this every year, you'll be adding more and more things to the back end. So it will continue to help you move forward. The next thing I want you to do is take a look at your calendar, pick a date in 12 months that seems reasonable. You know, maybe you're always free on Sunday afternoons, block off two hours on a Sunday afternoon in one year Make a big notification on your calendar, color it fancy colors, whatever, set reminders so that your phone goes off and dings. Tell your, your, you know, your, your smart devices at home to remind you whatever it is you need to do so that it will be difficult for you to not know that it's been a year and you need to sit back down again. Okay. And we'll come back to that in a minute. So now you've got your list of your short and your long. Take a look at it and consider how all of it feeds into your career because this is about your career, but there are so many other factors that feed into your success there, right? So take a look at how you have now set yourself a goal for running three miles a day, eating healthier, spending time with family, saving for your kid's college, taking community college classes at night for an extra certification that you want, building a bigger team at the office, volunteering for more projects in your program. Take a look at that and think about how realistic it is that you're going to be able to do all of that in one year. And I'm not saying that to discourage you because if you think that you can get all those things done, then that's great. This is where it comes into kind of a a personal preference and a personal attack of how you want to break this up. 
You can divide your first year plan into quarterly. Perhaps you want to work on one thing external to your job for the first quarter. Maybe the first quarter is when you really want to get going on running because there's a there's a race or something coming up that you want to train for. So your first quarter, you're going to focus on a couple of things at the office and you're going to focus on running more so that you have uh, built that up for your race. Maybe the second quarter, you want to spend more time with family and you'll be in better shape for your race so you can tailor that time back a little bit and use the extra time that you have to spend time with family. Or perhaps that's a a quarter when there's lots of birthdays or there's holidays or whatever it may be. Pick another quarter and focus on a couple of certification classes or perhaps it makes sense to just take one. However you need to balance out the year. I would encourage you to do it in big chunks of time, though. I don't think that you should do it any smaller than quarters. If you really want to go by a monthly and change your goals for each monthly, you can drill it down to that level. In my experience and in most of the things you read, they say that changing habits takes a lot longer than that. And to tell yourself that you're going to do something different each month really is a lot to keep track of, especially for your first year if you're building out your plan. So I would encourage you to try and pick it by quarter, even if you have to lump more things into it, you know, and try to balance it between then. But I would encourage you to try and keep it in blocks of time. Once you've broken up your first year with things that you feel that you could reasonably complete in one year. And some of them may take a little extra work. It may really take some juggling. Perhaps you have a really long commute and trying to find time to run five miles a day is going to take some some maneuvering of your schedule to make sure that you get it all in. Taking an extra class at night is going to really put a stretch on your finances. So we're going to have to eat out less or see fewer movies or travel less or whatever it may be. You'll have to, to make those prioritize decisions in your own life. But all of those things should complement one another and feed into the overall goal of making you a more successful and happier professional across the board. You know, the the health and exercise and family, those are always good for physical, emotional, and just better balance altogether. You've got your your finances, you're getting more organized with those. That will help you on the long term. It helps with stress because you're not worried about paying the bills. You're being more structured in how you're going to handle your finances. Education and, and looking for opportunities for growth at the office, this will help you professionally. This will stimulate you and make you more interested in your job and you'll feel like you are making progress because you are not just doing the same thing every day, every day, every day. So that's the first year. Take a look at the rest of your list and there should be other things on there that can be sprinkled in between second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year. Some take longer. Say you want to go for a bachelor's degree or a master's degree. Obviously that takes two to three years depending on how many classes you take. So set yourself goals for the first year. You want to take two classes this year. Perhaps the next year you want to take three classes if the first year goes okay with two classes. The next year you want to take four classes. However you want to spread that out over the five years to meet the goal that you are setting. But again, make sure it's in concert with your financial goals, your health goals, family goals, time goals, professional goals, make sure that they're all looking like they're going to come together. Because if you're setting yourself a goal that you want to 
get your master's degree in a year and you want to take on more travel and more projects at the office, you want to um, save extra for your retirement and you want to spend more time with your family, how is that going to work? That's, that's just not going to work. Something's going to fall by the wayside. And then at the end of the year, when you have to check in and, and audit yourself, you're going to be disappointed and frustrated and feel, feel like you failed on some level because you set yourself up for something you can't do. So take a look at what it is you're assigning to yourself and make sure that it is feasible. I will tell you that at the end of your first year, you will probably not get done as much as you thought, or you will get way more done than you thought. And that's for two reasons. Number one, because we always under or overestimate how much time we have to do things. And I've had countless conversations with people because I do the same thing. I always think I have way more time than I do. And I always give myself a list of things that I can't possibly get done. And then I run around like a crazy person towards the end trying to make sure that I get it all done because I don't want anything on the list unchecked. Over time, I've learned to be a little bit better with estimating how much time things take. And I've also learned to be a little bit better about not striving for absolute perfection in everything that I do because in a lot of areas, it's not necessary. It's a very difficult concept to embrace because I like things to be right and done just so, but there are a lot of things that don't have to be just so. They just have to be done well and be effective. So keep that in the back of your mind that you will probably get to the end of the first year and have gone one way or another, and that is completely fine. That is completely fine, and you need to prepare yourself for that because that's part of the process. That's part of the learning. You get to the end of the year, you look at everything you told yourself that you wanted to accomplish in the year, and here's where accountability comes in. And here's where being really true to yourself is very important and being honest with yourself and recognizing when you did or didn't do what you should have been doing. We live in an age where we've got Deliveries on our porch every day. Amazon's always coming by. You can order something at breakfast and have it at dinner. Uh, if you are doing well financially, you could buy a flight to go somewhere on a day's notice, go on little mini vacations, whatever it is. We live in the era of instant gratification. And what I would encourage you to do is set yourself a goal at the bottom of this whole list that you've got for your first year that if you achieve 75% of the things that you wanted on your list, you will treat yourself to something. If you achieve 90% of what's on your list, you will treat yourself to something else. If you achieve 100% or more of the things on your list, you will treat yourself to something else. And set those treats, if you will, to things that you wouldn't normally do. So perhaps it's a spa weekend, perhaps it's a new watch, perhaps it's a new painting, perhaps it's a, a, a trip to Disney World, what, whatever it is that really will provide you motivation because it's not something you would be doing or you would be purchasing or you would be getting should you not have set that goal. The caveat here is 
If you don't meet 75, 85, 95, 100%, whatever it is, you get none of those things. And you are not going to do that for yourself if you don't meet those goals. So whatever it is should be something that you will really look forward to and actually feel bummed that you didn't get it. And you can push it to the next year and shoot for it the next year or adjust to something else for the next year if if it's time sensitive, whatever it may be. But the key is it needs to be something that you really will want and will feel the loss of if you don't get it. Perhaps you always go somewhere on vacation for the new year. Perhaps you tell yourself, I either get this stuff on track and follow my one year goal, or I'm not going on that trip this year. That would be a bummer, but it will force you to really try to achieve the goals and objectives that you set. I realize this will take some thought and some creativity because again, in an age of I want this, I'll have it by dinner, it's very difficult to set these boundaries for ourselves and not talk ourselves back into it or back out of it, whichever it may be. But it's really useful if you are working towards something and something that you really want, okay? Perhaps you're not quite sure that you can manage that yourself, all right? I would suggest a sibling, a spouse, a family member, a parent, a child, enlist them to be the person that provides you with your reward. Talk to your kids, talk to your parents, talk to your spouse, whomever, best friend, sibling, Say, hey, I'm really trying to work on my my five-year career plan and moving things forward, and I've set myself some goals. This is the first year I'm doing it, and I want to make sure that I really stick to it and I, I get the most out of this because I'm going to be spending two or three hours at the beginning of the year planning it. I'm going to really be keeping an eye on my plan and checking in to make sure I'm doing what I said, and I want to make it worth my while, but I also want to give myself some kind of a reward for doing it but only if I complete what I'm supposed to. Could you help me with that portion? And perhaps you say to them, give them a dollar value, give them a time frame, give them whatever, and say, I would like to be rewarded on this date or at this time. Could you come up with something or could you think of something or could you help me with that? Okay. And I will check in with you at that date and let you know if I achieved what I was supposed to. And See if they would be willing to be the person to do that because not only is that holding you accountable to you, but now you've just brought another person into this. Perhaps you bring your whole family, sit down and have a family meeting and say, I am really working on this. One of the things that I want to do is family life balance, work-life balance, and spend more time with you guys, but I'm also working on my professional development. I need to be taking on more responsibilities at the office. I need to be taking this class so that I can be eligible for promotion. So there are a lot of things that are coming into play here, but I need your help to make sure that I stay on track, at least for the first year. And at the end, we get to do this. That's a lot of pressure. Maybe it's a family vacation and you let your family know, if I can complete these things, I think that we should go on a family vacation. Those people will help you stay on task. They'll help you keep tracking towards your goal because now you've got extra added support 
and accountability built in. Because if you get to the end of the year and you didn't do everything you said, if you sat down with your family and said, I'm going to try and do X, Y, and Z, and we're going to go on a trip, then they're going to want to know why we're not going on a trip. Well, why didn't you do this? How come you fell short on that? That's an option. You know, not everybody's going to want to do that because it does add extra pressure to you to make sure you get it done. Along those lines, I do want to point out that you should be putting pressure on yourself to grow. You should be putting pressure on yourself to advance and continue moving forward in your career, looking to expand your roles and responsibilities. You should be doing all this. However, I'm not suggesting that you develop a five-year plan so that you don't get any sleep for the next year. So that you're awake nights, tossing and turning, stressing out, getting less healthy physically because you're worrying about your five-year plan and you've added so much to it, worrying about how you're going to find opportunities at the office when your job is just not cooperating with you. I'm not suggesting that. I am suggesting that you go outside your comfort zone, though, and you do push yourself and you do stretch. And if you run into areas that are not working Adjust, flex, find other ways to continue moving forward. Perhaps one of your goals was that you wanted to be a team lead at your job by the end of the year, and there are no team lead positions available. You thought one was going to be coming up, so it seemed like something attainable, something you could strive for, but it's a position that they did away with or the person that was leaving didn't leave, whatever it may be. That position is not a possibility anymore, and you're not interested in leaving your your company or your organization, you wanted to progress through this one. That's fine. That's a factor outside of your control. However, you have two options. You can continue to coast at where you're at, or you can look for other options for growth within your organization. If a position is coming up that you were interested in and wanted to move to that next level, but that position is gone, go and talk to your supervisor. Go and talk to your mentors at work your coaches, whomever it is that you work with, go and talk to them and say, hey, I had set myself a goal this year to meet, to move up to this position, and now this position is gone, and I'm trying to determine what my next best move is because I want to make sure that I'm continuing to move forward. See what they say. Perhaps there's a different type of position that you would be appropriate for. Perhaps there's a different area where the same position is available. Perhaps they say to you, that position is gone and it's never going to be here again. The next position is three levels up and it'll be four years before you're eligible for that. Again, extreme examples here. I'm just throwing them out. But that's the information you need, okay? Because you have to make a decision now. Do I want to readjust my five-year plan and go for this next position on a longer term? It is a couple levels higher, but it is going to take longer to get there. Do I want to do that? Do I want to stay here and adjust my goal because it is still moving forward? It's just not in the way I thought. Or do I want to look external? Do I want to look in a different department? Do I want to look at changing things up a bit? How do you want to adjust your plan? Because they've just thrown you a curveball and that milestone on your five-year plan, take the red crayon and mark it out because it's gone. It's not a possibility. The position doesn't exist. You are not going to meet that goal. Not your fault, not foreseeable, but take that into account as you adjust your planning going forward so that you can continue to grow. Once you finish your list, 
you've, you've tightened it up, you've got your columns, you've narrowed it down to your short term and your long term, you've laid them out by quarter or by year, however you want to, up till the five years, write it out, type it up, print it out, draw it with crayons, however you like to have your, your, your documents. Some people like PowerPoint, some people like Excel spreadsheets, some people like paper, however you want to do it, put it in your planner, put it on your computer, put it on your fridge, whatever will help you best to be able to see it, remember it, hold yourself accountable. I put stuff in my calendar. I put dates every, you know, every quarter. These are the things I need to be tracking for just because I live by my calendar and I'm constantly looking through to see what's there. That doesn't work for everybody. That may be a nag. If you're constantly getting pop-ups every morning, get your butt out of bed and go do your five miles and you're going to throw your phone against the wall, that's not going to work. Okay. You have to do what's going to work best for you, but solidify your plan, make it as fancy or as simple as you want. You want to give it a title. You want to put it on stationary, whatever you want to do, make it yours and make it final for this year. Okay. It's this year's five-year plan, 2019. My five-year plan is this. I've got it all laid out. Okay. Put it someplace that you can refer to it often if you need to. If it's on your computer, paste it into your calendar invite that you set for yourself for next year when you're planning to review it. So it's right there and you can pull it up, you can look at it and you can go line by line to see how you did, how you measured up and whether or not you're going to get the reward that you set for yourself. Okay. You can refer to it through the year. You can make notes, you can make comments, you can make edits, little things. I'm not talking about totally reworking your five-year plan two months in because it seems like too much work. That's not what I'm saying. But if you are, like we talked about with the position, something changed, you want to add something back in there to make sure you're keeping things moving. Perhaps you're looking for a new job and you've told yourself that you are going to apply to 10 jobs a week. That may work fine for the first couple of weeks, but after a while, perhaps there's not 10 new jobs being posted in your area every week. That might not be a realistic goal to set. So you may have to adjust that. And that's what I'm saying. If you're finding that there's only, you go on Indeed or you go on LinkedIn and, and you're a, a basket weaver and there's only two jobs in there posted a week, then you can't obviously send out 10 applications a week. Okay. Or you're, you're trying to build your network and you want to be going to a networking event four times a week and you realize that perhaps that might have been a little bit lofty. Maybe we should adjust this a bit. I'm spending all kinds of money and I'm not able to meet that money goal because I'm spending it all going to networking events and my work is suffering because I'm tired every day from being out late trying to network. So give yourself that first quarter to really kind of see how everything is gelling and if you need to make a few adjustments, then that's fine. And obviously, when you come back to it at the end of the year and you review the different things you have been doing, make notes or changes in there based on, you know what, I really wanted to run five miles a day, but I found that if I did it four times a week instead of seven times a week, I put in much better effort. I wasn't exhausted, you know, or, or I once the winter came, I couldn't do it outside and I don't have the money to buy a treadmill and I don't want to spend the money on a gym membership. So I couldn't run every day, 365 days of the year. But instead of that, I did 
weights in my basement or jumping jacks in my bedroom, whatever it is. You can make some adjustments that make sense, but don't just throw things off the list because they get difficult. Find other things to add to the list to make sure that you are still growing and improving. At the end of the year, take stock of what you did, figure out what what reward you're going to give yourself or whatever it is you're going to do. Take a look at the next year and do the same thing. Make your same five columns. If there's another area in your life that you want to add to that you're working on, make a new column. You can make your your five-year plan as robust or as simplified as you want. I wouldn't narrow it down much further than than those main five categories because they do all feed into your, your success, wellness, happiness, but you have to do what makes you most successful and makes you happiest. If you think that you don't need any kind of health and well-being in that department and you want to throw that off, then fine. Just keep it all academic and education and career. You can do it that way as well. Add your new items that you've made for your new list at the end of the first year. Add those in. Push your five-year plan out one more year. So now it's your 2020 five-year plan. It's going to go till 2025 instead of 2024. If there are things on that list that are moving much faster than you expected, readjust them. Move them to the area, to the one year, to the two year, to the five year, whichever it is that makes sense. That is going to be a stretch, but is going to be attainable. You can do this up to 10 years if you want. I personally think that 10 years is pretty far. It doesn't mean that there aren't bigger projects that you can do if you're just starting out in your career and you are like you want to be a doctor. I mean, that's a lot of years of school. That's a lot of years of goals. That's a lot of education, internships, all of the different things that go into it. You could certainly do a 10-year plan and kind of map it out and know what you need to do looking for this school or looking for that program or looking for this internship and kind of feel your way through it to make sure that you are tracking to get to where you want to be at the end of the 10 years. I think that once you reach kind of mid-level in your career, middle management, early executive, supervisory leadership level, five years is just the right amount. I think that three years is kind of short. Obviously, it's it's not easy to predict what's happening from year to year, but three years to me, and you have to make this decision, but three years to me kind of feels like a cop-out because... Well, in three years, I'll just figure out what I'm going to do after that. I might as well put five down and hold myself to that. And quite frankly, folks, it's really interesting to get to the end of the first year and look back and see what you did. It's really interesting to look back and see what you did that was in addition to those goals without even realizing it, okay? Perhaps your job had some kind of training initiative and you took five new training courses this year and learned all kinds of new skills that weren't in your five-year plan. Mark those down as a win because you did more than what was on your list to build and grow your career and professionally and educationally. I mean, you did way over and above and that is something to mark down and reflect on that. Perhaps, uh, you know, you got some kind of an injury and had to do rehab or something and you lost 20 pounds just because you weren't able to eat something or you weren't able to, uh, you had to spend a lot of time walking, whatever it may be. With something you wanted to do in two years, you did it in one, right? Mark that down. That's a big win. You're still moving forward and you're moving forward in some areas 
faster or more efficiently or more effectively than others. Take those wins and feed off of them because it builds momentum. It builds confidence. It builds a sense of I'm doing something great. I'm making progress. And we should hold ourselves accountable not only for the things that we are slacking off on, dodging, avoiding, shirking, whatever it may be, we should also hold ourselves accountability for those things that we're really striving for and hitting out of the park and give ourselves some credit for that. So take your plan, figure out your first five years, add to it next year, add to it the year after that, reflect and read through it, see how you're doing, adjust it based on how things are moving. If you're feeling better, if you're liking your job more, if you're getting more work or you're feeling more interested in your your industry, if you feel like you're learning things because of the education, you have a better relationship with your family and friends or whatever it is because you're making sure that you're incorporating work-life balance, your retirement account is doing better because you're actually focusing on making sure that you're doing that. Your five-year plan can be as successful or as unsuccessful as you choose it to be. And it may just be an exercise to write it all down and sort it out, but at least it's forcing you to take the time to really sit and think about what it is you want. And if you don't know what you want, it will help you get closer to that. The first year may be all kinds of pie in the sky, crazy, going left, going right. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. But at the end of that first year, when you look back and you figure out what you did, what you didn't do, what helped, what didn't, you will be one year closer to coming up with a plan to doing what you want to be doing. You will be one year closer to having a better idea of what you want to do and how to achieve it because you will have done this exercise of coming up with some kind of organized structure of pulling all of the pieces together to help you be successful. I wish you all the luck in building out your five-year plan and a very successful year. Have a great day. All right, so thanks for tuning in to Not Your Ordinary Girl. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to notyourordinarygirl.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or feedback, and please go ahead and recommend it to your friends. Until next time, remember to always stand up and be confident, stand by all that you do and say with integrity, and stand out, because after all, there's only one you.